If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Well, hello and welcome again to another episode of Vacation Rental Success. And I feel that I'm sort of back to normal now after it's been hmm, just over two weeks since since the Vacation Rental Summit and we've done the debriefing. We've already got plans in place for next year, which is really exciting. And we'll be talking about that more as the months go along. But uh, just rest assured there will be a Vacation Rental Success 2017 and it's going to be even better than this year. So not going to say any more about it. You've probably had quite enough about me talking, uh, quite enough of me talking about VRSS. Uh, So, you know, I'm moving on to things that have been sort of put in the background for the past couple of months, getting very excited about some of the action plans we're doing for the vacation rental formula. Uh, For those of my listeners who are vacation rental formula members then you'll be seeing a lot more coming up on that because that's where that's where our focus is now for at least the next several months. And uh, I'm also starting another podcast, which I hope will be launched around about the end of June. It's going to be called Cottage Insider. And it's going to be, you know, it's something I've been talking about for a long time is doing a travel-related podcast, travel and tourism-related podcast for my area. I know so much about Cottage Country, Ontario. I want to share that and I want to use my podcasting experience to be able to get it out uh, in this format. So so I'm excited about that because I've got a lot of interviews lined up with people. So the show is going to be about upcoming events, about attractions and places to go, things to do in different parts of cottage country and it will also be interspersed with with things like you know how to survive in cottage country we we find this so much now with new canadians and we have a lot of new canadians new people to the country who go out and rent a cottage because that's what you do it's like a rite of passage that when you come to ontario you have to rent a cottage in the summer but most a lot of people do this without really realizing <laughs> what it entails and it's it's not as it's not as straightforward as renting a villa in Orlando or a condo down on the uh, Gulf Coast something like that when you rent something up here you've got to be you've got to take into account that um, this cottage country living has different aspects to it you know from from bugs and mice and other things that go bump in the night to the etiquette of cottage living. You know, one of the things that I'm going to be talking about is um, how sound carries on a lake. And it's quite amazing. If you can stand on the end of a dock on any lake, you could actually call out to somebody on the other side of the lake, maybe a kilometre across, and they'd probably hear you. You could probably have a conversation because the acoustics are are like that. So, uh, So we have to caution people about having their domestic arguments outside because the whole community is going to hear you. So it's things like that. Just uh, just 
things that people need to know before they go to cottage country. So that's really exciting and I'm getting you know, really hyped about that. And I'll let you know how that one goes. Uh, today is one of my favorite uh, sessions. I'm doing a mashup with my friend Matt Landau and we're going to be talking about a few things. We're going to be talking about um, what's going on as usual. We'll talk about what's going on with the um, the listing sites. We'll talk about independence and innovation, which is uh, what Matt was talking about in his keynote presentation at the Vacation Rental Success Summit. And I also want to ask him what he thought about the summit and um, where he thinks we could improve for next year and, uh, you know, what his feedback was. Because, unfortunately, I, I just didn't get the chance to, to have a chat with him before he left on the Sunday. So this is going to be the first time, really, that we've, we've got together since then. So without further ado, let's move on over to um, my mashup with Matt. Hey, Matt, how are you? I'm great, Heather. How are you? I'm exceptional, thank you. I, I am now back to normal. The day after the Vacation Rental Success Summit, the Monday, I, I slept like I had flu. <laughs> <laughs> I got up in the morning and I went back to bed. Well, actually, I, I didn't. I, I went and sat down in front of a fire with, with um, numerous cups of tea and dozed all day long. I think it was something to do with adrenaline. But, uh, but yes, it's, but it's, now all, it's now all done and dusted. And we had the debrief yesterday with, uh, with Erica, the event manager. So um, we're all gung-ho for next year. So what did you think? Well, I, I don't think what I'm going to say is going to be too much of a surprise. I thought it was a smashing success. I think everybody who attended was blown away with not just the type of people that were there and the wonderful speakers and the logistics, but, you know, for a first-time thing, it's hard to pull off such a, such a flawless-type feat, and you guys totally did it. Well, it was... David Angotti, who said, he said, he, he said, I've been to so many conferences and he said something goes wrong at every one of them. He said it's either something to do with the food or, you know, you come out at a break and there's no coffee uh, or the te- it, it goes bad technically somewhere along the line. He said, I've never been to an event where nothing like that happened. And, and I have to put that down to to Erica, the event planner, who had, every, you know, she is amazing, had all the logistics organized, and the staff there who were second to none. And yeah, you, you know, I am, I am so pleased, so pleased. And I mean, uh, I guess I suppose you leave it up to do-it-yourself style vacation rental people to, to put together uh, an amazing event. And none of those things went wrong. And all the little details were already thought about. And you guys, I mean, to, to say that you slept all the next day, it almost sounds like th- that feeling after you've done like a big triathlon, no? You've spent all these months working up for this one big event. You've given it your all. It's, it's completed, and then you just get to kind of bask in the, the, the happiness of it, no? Well, that's, yeah, absolutely. And I, I have to say, when I, you know, right at the end, um, when we were packing everything in the cars and just about everybody had gone, there were a few people left over. And you know that I teared up at the very, <laughs> at the very outset. 
Um, yeah, at, as soon as you, right before you began tearing up, I, I turned over to the person behind me. I said, she's going to cry. I guarantee it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did exactly the same at the end. And I just gave gave Mike a hug and I said, we, we, actually, we, we did it. We actually brought it all together and did it. And um, yeah, I, you know, I, we have so many people to thank. You are right up there, at, you know, up front. You, you are so supportive. And I, 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 I've written a blog post actually. And I, what did I call you? Um, chief supporter, chief chivia. <laughs> chief chivia. What does that mean? Well, you chivied me along. Or oh, chivy. Okay. C-H-I-V-V-Y. Cool. Is, is that an expression you're familiar with, Chivy? No, but I, but I like it. I might make myself a little nameplate with that. Yeah, Chief Chivia. It, um, yeah, it rings, it rings nicely, doesn't it? I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you were just so great, even, even to just, just the nudges in the right direction all the way along. It was, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful to have you as my friend. Well, right back at you, and I could not have uh, been more proud to see all of those little small decisions and hard work um, sort of manifesting themselves in what really amounted to a, a, a real milestone for the vacation rental industry. I mean, we can look at the individual people who were involved and say how successful they were in arriving there or, or putting their money on the line and risking it to show up and not being sure about what was going to be presented, or we could say the event planner who did such an amazing job. But when you really take a big step back, um, I think the reason that you that it was such an incredible feat is that it wasn't for your own real immediate profit, right? It wasn't for anyone's um, guaranteed success. It was a much greater um, mission that everyone was kind of committing to. And when you have that many people, how many people in the end showed up? More than 100? It was about 110 in the end, yeah. And when you have that many people in one place who are committing to a greater mission, it's just an incredible feeling. And it's really hard to describe to folks who weren't there, but um, I would wager that several years down the line, we look back at this, this event and say that was kind of the first time where the independence of the industry got their act together and physically and figuratively united in this one space. And again, we need one really important fearless leader to do that, and you were the person. Well, it was fun. It was fun. And we sat down yesterday with Eric, Erica and Mike and Andrea and mapped out next year. So Amazing. Yeah. It, um Lot, a lot more planning to go, but we're going to be way ahead this time. No 10-week lead time this time. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're going to release the date and the, and the place by, uh, by late summer um, and, and certainly have, have ourselves a good six to eight months build up to it. So, so that will be out there then. So what else did you do? What did you do in Toronto? Did you like it? Were you, 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 was this your first time in Toronto? It was not my first time. Um, it was my first time as an adult that observes lifestyles. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was last in Toronto many years ago. I remember going to Toronto's ga uh, Blue Jays game. I remember uh, eating a hot dog. That's about all I remember. Um, this trip was very, very busy. Um, 
the, the destination of Toronto itself, I get the feeling, is kind of growing up in front of a lot of people's eyes. I had um, the pleasure of meeting John Phillips, who's an Inner Circle member. He was hosting me at his vacation rental in downtown. And downtown Toronto has got this amazing energy about it. Um, I really was really, really impressed with the food scene, the art scene, the general. I felt like it was a really nice balance of um, kind of progressive minded people doing stuff, but also, you know, not too much um, pretentiousness that you find in in larger cities sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So John kind of uh, uh, unlocked that side of the city, which I think is also a great testament to the vacation rental host in general, what, what we try to provide to guests is that real local style access to a city. So I had an amazing um, handful of meals. I got to really explore the downtown area. I had the opportunity to meet with um, some professors from Ryerson, which is a large uh, university located downtown. And I mentioned that to you. That was a very, very um, positive meeting. Uh, this is a hospitality school that is renowned for their work in the hotel field uh, and the director of the hospitality school showed some interest in beginning to explore uh, vacation rentals because this has always been kind of a subset to the world of travel and hospitality but now as things are really starting to grow um, they showed some interest in perhaps adding an academic um, perspective on all of this, which is something I think our industry could really, really do with. Um, and just in general, I would say that the, the overall feeling that I came away with is that Toronto is um, a place that I want to come back to, maybe frequently. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> and you're there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, have, I don't spend much time in, in downtown. Toronto, you know, it's, I mean, for me, it's almost like you coming there. Um, you know, it's, it's two and a half hour journey. Um, and I'm, you know, I am more of a country girl than, than the city person, but I loved talking to, uh, to John and, um, and, and Nelson. It was meeting them was, was a real highlight. You know, I, I just loved meeting all the people from Ontario and there weren't a great deal of people from Ontario. So, so we had, we had a good discussion. Um, they were at our, um, our meeting for our very fledgling rental Alliance, which is going to be called the Ontario vacation rental Alliance, which, which will bring in this, this is as a result really of Matt Curtis's, uh, talk about regulations and restrictions. And we know there's a lot going on in, in, in the city, in Toronto and in places like Niagara on the lake. And it's beginning to pop up in, our cottage country, but we're quite sort of, we've always been sort of a little bit disparate universes, you know, our cottage, cottages and it's the city condos and uh, city vacations and Niagara-on-the-Lake. One of the reasons being is that the majority of their clientele are from out of province or out of country. So I would say probably 90% of their, their guests are coming out of country, whereas 90% of ours come from Toronto. Mm. So it's, it's really interesting, you know, that the demogra- our guest demographic, even though we're just, you know, our cottage country area is just two hours from the city. However, the whole regulation and restrictions issue 
impacts us all. So the idea of developing an alliance which brings those those areas in with our cottage areas is is it really exciting for me? And um, you know, talking to talking to John in particular and um, Teresa. Mm-hmm. Teresa Bilowski, who I believe was, um, sh- she's being mentored by John. Yep. Um, so we had this great discussion about how we get this off the ground and we already have our Facebook group set up and we'll be launching a website fairly soon. So that was okay. just, that, you know, that was just another byproduct of, of, of the event. Yeah. Um, I think, that, I think putting ourselves in those little positions where we're meeting people who are in the same types of challenges or who are, have gone through this challenge before somewhere else or, you know, who provide a, a corporate perspective like Matt Curtis. It, it's nothing but positive innovation for the vacation rental industry. And that's why a, an event like yours is so important because for no other reason will people fly into uh, a destination and really knock these things out of the park. Mm-hmm. Well, all in all, it was a tremendous success and um, we'll look forward to next year. Absolutely. I look forward to coming back. <laughs> so what else is going on in your world now? So I am focusing on a couple big things um, with my vacation rental work. I am about to launch my first ever free course. And this is something that I have been working on now for, oh gosh, <laughs> collectively several years Um, But for the first time, I have put together a beginner's course about how to get involved in the vacation rental industry. It kind of corresponds with stage one of listing site independence, which is called Give It A Go. It's for anyone who's either considering getting started in the vacation rental industry or is already in the industry but is looking to perhaps explore beyond the walls of the listing site that they use. And This particular course has actually been reverse engineered using feedback from the larger listing sites of how to generate the best results on those sites. So theoretically, after taking the course, you can be getting more results from the listing sites that you're currently using. And a lot of people, when they hear me say that, they say, how can you possibly be endorsing listing sites? The truth, as we know it, is that a lot of people, almost everyone gets started with listing sites. And a lot of people are totally comfortable using exclusively listing sites to build their business. And as long as your understanding of the, the rules and the, the implications that comes with that, that's totally fine. So this first course is all about getting the most out of those listing sites. So I'm getting ready to launch that. I also have been learning Prezi, which um, I'm not sure, Heather, have you ever used Prezi? I have used Prezi. I, uh, I, now I s- you, you did a webinar, didn't you, with using Prezi? Yes, I did, but I can't say I fully understood how it worked after that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, did, I did a session for Antonio's Vacation Rental um, Summit, World Summit, last year and used Prezi. And I, I loved it, but maybe it was not the best platform to, to try it out on. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it is fun, though. I just, you know, I'll, I'll be really interested to see what, what you're going to come up with 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 learning Prezi, because I know when you learn something, you go absolutely all into it. Well, I think I actually am I'm like a lot of other owners and managers in that um, I'm not a huge tech guy. I don't fully like embrace 
new technology um, nearly as well as other people my age. Um, however, I am someone who, when he is told that you need to adapt with this technology, I realize that it, my survival is at stake. And Prezi is one of these things that I have been convinced is the future of communicating ideas in, in, in the way that Microsoft uh, PowerPoint has kind of been the gold standard of our industry. Once you realize that PowerPoint is a linear style of delivery, whereas Prezi can be pretty much anything, you realize that the message that you're trying to communicate or the learning material or whatever it is, it could even be, you know, like information about how to reach uh, a property in terms of directions or something like that. If the, the information is not communicated in a, in a friendly, digestible way, um, it doesn't reach as many people as it should. And Prezi is one of these things that I've been told I need to learn. Um, the learning curve has been a little bit slow, but I dedicated a couple days to just really sitting down and understanding the basics and the different options and stuff like that. Um, and again, I think not unlike building your own website for someone who thinks that's beyond their realm of capabilities. Um, starting a newsletter for someone who's never ever thought that they would ever have a newsletter before. Um, all these things that seem to fall outside the comfort zone of owners and managers. Um, once we fully understand that they are absolutely integral to innovation and to growing in our industry, we kind of have to bite the bullet and do it. And that's I, I, one thing I heard over and over again in your, uh, in your summit is people saying, you know, I never really liked the way that I look on camera, uh, but I think I'm going to do video because I now understand that it will generate more conversions. Or, you know, I don't consider myself a good writer, but I have so much information and I'm just going to start blogging and start sharing that information with people far and wide. That little leap of faith um, in knowing that whatever it is you're about to take on has been proven and vetted by however many people have told you to do it, I think is a sign of a vacation rental professional that's going to last. And the opposite would also be true. Those who are not willing to um, take on these little challenges because they feel that they're outside of their um, comfort zone or because they don't like the technology, I feel that those individuals will eventually get surpassed by you know, the competition who is inevitably going to be doing that stuff. My competition inevitably will be using Prezi far better than I can if I don't start now. So that's yeah, my mindset. I, I completely agree with you. I, I actually see Prezi um, as opposed to Keynote and PowerPoint um, sort of in relation to doing mind maps in relation to a list. So I, I'm, I'm a great mind mapper. So the whole idea of, of Prezi just, just what does that mean? What is mind mapping? Mind mapping. You, 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 do you not use the sort of mind map where you just put put your concept in the center of center of a page and then and then out come all the strands from from that central point and then no, you... I don't think I've ever done that. Oh, okay. I Maybe I, I, should. I would have assumed <laughs> you were a mind mapper. Um, I'll have to send. I have to get Derek Eaton to send you a copy of his mind map for how he put together his um his rental management company is is it is it that image that he showed in his presentation that yeah. looks like 
like a spider web of, of genius? Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'd never seen anything like that. That just like almost blew me over. Yeah. I mean, he's... Um, I, I I use these all the time. I you know if I'm if I'm doing a blog post, I'll do a mind map of it, or a podcast as a mind map of it. It's just it's just a way of organizing thoughts. I I don't do well with with linear processing because I'm very right brained. Mm-hmm. So I'm far more abstract, and and that method of um, of looking at um, topics that go to more in depth um, it just helps me to understand. I mean, I'm I'm reading. My new thing is the art of SEO. I'm, you know, I mentioned that book a lot. It's, it's a mighty tome, and I just got my new copy, and it's like 997 pages. And, and what is the title? The Art of SEO. And it's designed for kind of newcomers, right? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant book. But I'm, because there is so much uh, content in there in so much depth, as I'm reading it through, I'm, I'm actually taking out the content and putting it out in a mind map, and it makes it much more simple for me to understand. Yeah, because for someone like me who doesn't really understand SEO, that's a daunting thing to even pick up that book. It's like, I'm like five, five or ten pounds. Oh, yes, absolutely. And why wouldn't they make something like that more approachable? Yeah, but I love it. I just hold it, I, you know, hold it in my hands, and it's just like, oh, gosh, this is, this is so cool to have this book this is the, yeah it's like your bible, your SEO bible. <laughs> I, I am yeah my family think i'm very weird <laughs> you know oh what are you reading that's a thick book oh, the art of seo so yes. but but in order to break it apart that's what i'm that's what i'm using but it is uh it's it's a i don't think there's anything missing out of that book yeah. the, you know there's a lot of it i, I just i go through the uh through the chapter titles at the beginning and discount all the ones that I really don't need and then start start where I want. But it was interesting what you were saying about, you know, the, the those those people who are not willing to um to to look outside their envelope, who are who are not willing to take that that leap of faith, I guess, and and just try something. Um and you know, I, I think the same thing when I've I spoke spoken to people who say, well I'm not going anywhere near social media, it doesn't do anything for me. Um and I suggest, well, just take one. Just take, you know, it's really tough when you're looking at the whole array of platforms and thinking I've got to go into everything. But just start start somewhere. Same with video, isn't it? Just start somewhere. Say hello. Yeah, totally. And I, I, think, I think what's stopping a lot of folks is that they're either scared or overwhelmed. I mean, what we're going through right now with this, general sort of revolution in the way that people do business uh, with the, the internet and, and the ability to do so remotely. Uh, in addition to this brand new industry that's, you know, changing the way that people travel, and in a lot of cases, um, owners and managers got to know the industry as one thing, and it's now <laughs> completely um, changing on them. I think that can be a scary thing. Um, and I think that should be accepted. Like we need to recognize that when these sorts of revolutions take place, change is scary. It is um, not the most reassuring time for us, especially those of us who are not experts at all these different areas. Uh, but in that process, also recognize that the definition 
of what makes a successful vacation rental host, for instance, is also changing. And no longer is that definition, you know, what it was in 1998 when VRBO put up $148 annual membership. The definition of what makes someone successful today and increasingly so into the future is totally changing. And as long as we're aware of those changes, um, I, I met so many people in, in, in Toronto who had turned that corner and recognized this and, and are smart about how they're allocating their time. It's not like they're just going and trying uh, every single opportunity out there, like Snapchat, for instance. That's, that's one thing I heard very little of. It's not like people were just randomly hearing the word Snapchat from their grandchildren and, and going and trying to promote their vacation rentals on Snapchat. Instead, doing so in a calculated way, you know, finding people that they trust, like yourself, myself, maybe even in the case of John Phillips, he's not even a long-term vacation rental host, but he's already mentoring Teresa because he's been through the process already. Finding those kinds of mentors and people that you rely on and taking their word for it and, and, and recognizing that it's not rocket science, but at the same time, you are going to have to go out on a limb a little bit. And I think that mentality, that package that I just described, was at the core of every member of your summit. And that's why it was such a positive space. Never once did I hear someone saying, how dare VRBO do this and complaining about Airbnb's algorithm ranking changes, etc. Because everyone had made that turn in the independence sort of journey and recognize that everything that, you know, is, is at their disposal uh, and that they have all these things inside of them that they really need. Uh, once you make that turn, I think the whole story becomes much more positive. And you as, as a thought leader, by setting the norms of that group, um, everything all of a sudden becomes much more progressive and as an industry we just can't basically can't help but evolve in the right way so that's a very exciting thing for me too i noticed as well that uh, i did not hear a single person talk about um what the listing sites were doing i think it, it may have may have been happening in in the corridors and in the dining hall but i i, I didn't hear a thing uh, it was I don't know. Is, is this what it is? Is this because these are progressive people who don't see any value in, in complaining and also accept that things change? And, you know, while, while we may not necessarily accept wholeheartedly, we adapt to those changes. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's the latter. I think it's people, realistic thinkers, not emotional thinkers, people who realize that the changes in listing sites are out of their control that no one individual or, frankly, no property manager nor any uh, municipal city group of owners and managers is going to change what these listing sites decide to do, whatever that may be. So once you recognize that, that it's out of your control, you turn to the things that are in your control. And that becomes just a much more positive conversation. And I think um, that type of um, safety almost like psychological safety that people sensed about one another in that type of environment. Mm -hmm. We see the same thing in the inner circle every single day. It's very different from the HomeAway forums and the LinkedIn groups where people are just nonstop complaining because we know that the complaining or the criticisms or, or whatever those things are really um, not in our control. 
And if we're going to focus that energy somewhere, it might as well be something that we can, you know, profit from. So all that positivity, I think, is is a product of good leadership, but also people who have decided to take their their independence into their own hands. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, I was, I think it was um, Alana um, and Holly were were talking at, on the Saturday sat on the Saturday night um, social event and and saying that that the, there were four of them sat in the dining room from six o'clock to nine o'clock. They could not drag themselves away because <laughs> the conversation got onto processes. Um, and and she said they talked for two hours about processes in their business and and that that just blew me away you know this that they were sharing and um evaluating the processes that that each of them was was you know had in place and i I think to me that was the essence of the whole thing and I think that also perfectly epitomizes. There are these certain unwritten rules that most vacation rental owners and managers have been playing by for the past 10, 20 years. That is that you don't help your immediate competitors. You don't give them any advantage over yourself. Um, you don't share any secrets. You don't share anything that could possibly give yourself uh, a direct um, compromise in terms of a, a competitive advantage to anyone in the region. When all of a sudden you're talking with someone who's halfway across, whose rental is, is halfway across the world, or when someone outside of your immediate region has stepped up in a, in a generous way and said, you're doing this, it opens this entire <laughs> world of opportunities because the rules, those unwritten rules are now that you should actually be sharing. And I, I think you would agree that the people at the, the summit that really um, drew the most attention, and I think this describes a lot of the folks, is the ones who were sharing their tips and what they were doing to um, develop a more sustainable business. And when you look at us independents as a whole, when people are doing that, when all of a sudden those unwritten rules are now, we're all going to participate. Whether you just got started in the game and you're going to help a long-time property manager understand how to onboard new properties, or whether you're a long-time vacation rental owner and you are going to help some property manager who's just getting started understand what the owners really want, whatever it is. Um, that, to me, is the essence of the, the underdog effect. It's when you see uh, the B team <laughs> typically all of a sudden surpassing the, the larger Goliaths. I don't know, I don't know if you heard, uh, Heather, but that weekend... Um, coincidentally was the weekend that Leicester City, a tiny, tiny little underdog team in the Premier League, won the English Premier League. Oh, you think, did I, you know did, that? You think I didn't hear about that because I, I actually live with a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. Okay, and so for Leicester, those who don't know, Tottenham yeah. came in second. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, so, yes, the underdog. And, and when you look at the way that they, you ask, you listen to the interviews of the coach, who was, again, a throwaway coach. He was beyond his prime. Um, he was great in his day, but no one really wanted him. In fact, he didn't really receive the job at Leicester until, like, his agent kind of convinced the, the owners to hire him. But when you ask, when you listen to how he describes the way that they won the championship, this team of nobodies, these castaways, 
who are beating the, the likes of Chelsea and Manchester United and Tottenham, he always says it. He says, it's all about the team spirit. It's the team mentality and of recognizing that one, we are absolutely integral to one another's success. And we are not a team of stars. You know, you look at the biggest teams in the world and those guys that receive multi-million dollar contracts are not as interested in the guy at the very bottom of the totem, totem pole who's sitting on the substitute bench. But I thought it was a very um, fitting end to that weekend when I saw Leicester win just because it reminded me that us independents, man, when you put us in the right conditions and you allow us the right resources to grow, there's not a whole lot that will stop us, I don't think. And you're absolutely right. And that's, that's, a, fitting, that's a fitting conclusion, I think, to to the um, Vacation Rental Success Summit summary. I think that you did, a, that was fabulous. Thank you. So, <laughs> so, um, so we've sort of gone around the houses a bit. So you are, you've got your beginner's course coming out. Now tell me about how, how let, let's go away from vacation rentals. Tell me about um, the project, the gang intervention project, um, Esperanza. What, what's happening with that? Because I know there's a lot of people who follow this podcast and those in the inner circle who, who, who support it and, and would like to hear what's, what's the situation now. Sure. Thanks. I always love the opportunity to mention Esperanza. Um, it falls into a category of advice that I tend to give owners and managers in the vacation rental space, and that is that as independent vacation rental businesses, we are responsible for contributing back to our community, the very same community that makes us money, whether we live there or have gigantic offices there or not. Um, and for me, that cause, that meaningful um, side of the equation is a gang intervention and reintegration program that's based here in the historic district of Casco Viejo, where I have my vacation rentals. Uh, we started the program technically about three years ago, but really it was in the making for about the past eight or nine years. And we've gotten to a wonderful point um, of growth. So we have officially intervened and integrated three of the rival gangs in our neighborhood. We are preparing uh, an intervention and integration um, circuit for the fourth, and that will complete our original goal, which was to demobilize all four gangs. Interestingly enough, the fourth gang has raised their hand and said, when is our opportunity? So no longer are we going to neighborhoods and saying who would like to participate. Not that we have ever done that before, but it's just revalidated our voluntary um, protocol, which is we're not going to force anyone into this process. If you would like the opportunity to be part of a growing community, we have put together a program that will provide you with the tools and the resources and the mentors, not terribly unlike a vacation rental owner or manager who officially says, I would like to take control of my business instead of, you know, considering themselves a victim of the larger listing sites. Um, but at this point, we are going from a tiny little operation, me, uh, my partner, uh, who's a developer in the area, as well as a small, small staff to a more elaborate foundation, something that can really begin putting together replicable results. Um, and this is one of those things that is just like in small business, a scary time, uh, bringing in new employees, bringing in uh, an executive director. I thought that was going to be the, 
the most <laughs> perfect thing for my, over, my workload. But I then realized that helping that executive director understand everything about the program and, and putting everything that I was previously doing down on paper and putting them into processes, it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of like gigantic checklists to go through. Uh, but I think not unlike vacation rentals, once you can put that stuff down on paper and show it to a new employee or show it to a new partner or a new owner, let's say, and say, this is the way we do business, you're much more able to scale and no longer are you stuck in the weeds. And that's the moment that we're at right now. We officially have a new executive director. We have a new administrative assistant, which is really a silly name for one of the most amazing women that I have ever met. Uh, we have a new technical coordinator. We have a new psychologist. We're building a really amazing staff. Uh, and once all that is in place, the, the focus then turns to fundraising and making sure that um, this engine that we have built um, works and continues to be fueled. And because we don't work with the government, um, our movement is all about helping people understand why this is such a special thing. Um, and providing them incentive and, in a way, compensation for putting up their hard-earned dollars into the, the mission. And for me, uh, that the traditional model of fundraising, of saying, please give us money because we're doing a wonderful thing, is actually the exact thing that we tell our graduates is not okay. You know, no one in this world is just going to give you money to go and do your thing. Now we are beginning to build in a series of incentives and rewards and reasons why people should be supporting this amazing cause. So that's another world in which I know nothing about, the world of stewardship and, and fundraising. An Inner Circle member, Tom McCauley, who also lives there in Toronto, mm -hmm. um, I met with him this past weekend in Toronto, and he's been very um, helpful in kind of pointing me in the right direction because we have a lot of money to raise, and we want to do so in the most transparent and holistic way possible. We want people who are contributing their dollars to be actively attached to the cause as opposed to just you know, writing a check every month. So that's, that's a big, exciting, and in a lot of ways, scary moment for me and for um, our team and for our neighborhood. But it's one of those things, again, going back to one of our earlier talking points, if, if you want to grow, if you want to continue evolving, you need to make these steps into the great unknown. And I'm very fortunate to have a team that's um, very supportive and inspiring. And I work with people every single day who show me that there is a reason to all this. So it's a very exciting time. And I, I wake up every morning now that I'm back here in Panama and I get ready for my Esperanza stuff because it's by far the most challenging thing that I do. <laughs> so that is it. That's my Esperanza spiel. If anyone wants to learn more, Esperanza S. VC, Esperanza Social Venture Club.org. I would love to share more about it. Well, I'll put the, uh, the link to it on the show notes. And uh, I've, I've actually got the website open at the moment. Just looking through your, your press coverage, that, that really is pretty impressive. Um, Huffington Post, New York Times, Los Angeles Magazine, NPR. Just um, getting, getting the word out, of course, is, is one of the huge things, isn't it? It's just, as you say, you're comparing it to, to what we do in the vacation rental industry. And it's, it's very similar. Getting that word out is, is so important. Yeah, and we found that the story itself, the storyline of former gang members now becoming businessmen is actually a very 
like sexy storyline for PR type people and journalists. They love writing about it. So that's actually been one of our least challenging areas. The press just comes. And in a lot of times, I find myself turning press opportunities away just because the individuals with whom we work are in a very sensitive moment in their life and they're not always ready for, you know, a TV interview or to begin doing any of this like magazine articles or anything like that. Um, but the press very, very gratefully has been all very understanding of that and said, hey, we understand. We'd like to be here when you're ready to let us in. And there are certain individuals and there are certain times in our organization when we're able to say, okay, we think this is an appropriate opportunity. And, and like you said, that type of press um, is very rewarding for the guys. For the first time ever, they're seeing their names in articles and, in, 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 you know, Men's Journal and the Huffington Post. And they've never even had as much as someone asking them their story. So in a lot of ways, the press, when it is, when the conditions are right, is also helping with the, the integration process as well. It's very, pretty fascinating. Well, kudos to you, Matt. You, you do such a, a fabulous job with that and with the Vacation Rental Marketing blog. <laughs> well, thank you, Heather. I would just say to any owner or manager, you don't have to be any size or any number of properties to have a little role in your community, even if you're taking food that's left over in your refrigerators or sheets that you're not using anymore and contributing them somewhere. That's a very simple, small, uh, inexpensive way to begin giving back. Because I think as vacation rentals evolve, that responsibility is going to become greater and greater on our shoulders. And those of us who are doing it in advance um, are going to lead the way. We're the leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love the idea of, of giving back. And as you say, it, 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 it doesn't have to be huge. Just find something in the local area that you can become involved in and uh, and get stuck in. So, um, so what's what are you doing for the rest of your day then? Well, I just got back down to Panama after, um, according to my team, ignoring them for the past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a lot of catching up to do. Um, fortunately, this early morning I was able to go for a run and a swim, which back in uh, Baltimore wasn't quite as. Um, easy to do, nor in Toronto. Uh, so I'm enjoying the weather. I'm getting back into my groove. And hopefully this coming week, I will be launching that course, which is top of my priority list and really focusing on uh, the fact that now is the time for vacation rentals. We have the greatest opportunity in front of us. And every minute I feel like I'm not working on it is a minute that someone else could be. So that's me. That's what I'm up to. And you, Heather, what's your plan for this week? Well, I've got a meeting with um, Janet Trogdon from Niagara-on-the-Lake. We're going to be talking about the Ontario Vacation Rental Alliance. That's today. And then I have, what, what's my favorite part of the job is uh, I've got properties to go out and see. So new properties coming onto our management program. So I'll take off up into the deep country of Ontario and go down sort of 15 kilometers of dirt track to find a little piece of paradise at the end of it. And then I get to talk to owners about hospitality and and how it all works with today's guests because many of them don't really understand that but I will come back on that at a later date because that, <laughs> that's that's the major part of my job for for the rest of May and June as we take on new properties and unfortunately we will turn down a lot of them not because the properties are um are not right for our program but because the owners are and I think I, I mentioned that in that session I did with Derek that uh, we never 
fire a property. It's always an owner. And, uh, but that's what this is all about, isn't it? Hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining me once again. I absolutely love our conversations and um, we will catch up again very, very soon, Matt. It was my pleasure and congratulations again on, on the summit. Pass my congrats on to your entire team. That was a very, very special thing. Thank you so much. And I hope we will see you at the next event next year. Count me in. <laughs> okay. Talk to you soon, Matt. Bye. Okay. Bye, Heather. As ever, thank you so much, Matt Landau. You bring so much to this industry and so much to this podcast too, because these mashups I do with Matt are always some of the most downloaded episodes that we have. And, and with very good reason. Um, I'm often blown away with, with the way Matt speaks and, and his knowledge of the industry. So I'm really looking forward to, um, to seeing the course, the free course that Matt is going to be um, releasing next week. So we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that and maybe I'll get to do a review of it, which will be excellent. Okay, that's about it for this week. I'm heading off to exciting this. I'm going to have a discussion with Janet Trogdon from Niagara Vacation Rentals. And we're going to be talking about the, the newly formed Ontario Vacation Rental Alliance. So that's going to be a lot of, um, uh, a lot of fun for me to get really involved in that. Something I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. Okay. Uh, comments, suggestions, ideas, whatever you'd like to say about the show or you'd like to ask me, just send me an email at heather at cottageblogger.com. I love to hear from you. So once again, Thank you so much for being here, for listening to me, and uh, I'll see you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh,